Welcome to 10-Minute Bible Talks, where we connect the Bible to your life and the time it takes to get to work. I'm Keith Simon. And I'm Patrick Miller. Right now, we're working through the story of David's life in First and Second Samuel. It's possible whether or not you follow baseball, you know a guy named Cal Ripken Jr. If you follow baseball, then you for sure know him. He's the Hall of Fame shortstop, played 21 years for the Baltimore Orioles, and what he is mainly known for is his streak of most consecutive games played. Cal Ripken went year after year after year after year in which he started and played every single game of the season. He never missed because of injury. He never missed because he needed a day off. He never missed for any reason whatsoever. And so he's one of the most famous, like I said, Hall of Fame baseball players. If you go back to his rookie baseball card, you find that on that card are two other people, Jeff Schneider and Bob Bonner. Even if you are a rabid baseball fan, you have no idea who Jeff Schneider and Bob Bonner are. So so let me give you a picture of this card. It's got three rookies on it, and each has their own kind of up-and-coming, these-are-exciting-players-to-watch-this-year kind of deal. It, Bob Bonner, Jeff Schneider, Cal Ripken Jr., that card sells for $1,200. Why? How in the world did Jeff Schneider and Bob Bonner get on a card that's worth that much money? Well, it's not because of anything they did. Their careers were nothing. The only way they could get into the Hall of Fame is if they bought a ticket like you and me. No, they are on a baseball card that's worth $1,200 because they're attached to Cal Ripken Jr. Today, we're going to talk about that grace through the life of a person who has a name that is incredibly difficult for me to pronounce. It's Mephibosheth. I know I'm going to mess that up. If you're having a kid soon, I would commend the name Mephibosheth for you to consider. Maybe you want to have a little Mephibosheth running around your house. But let's take one step back before we dive in to what we can learn from his life. One of the reasons I love the Old Testament is that it teaches us theological concepts through stories, stories that are powerful and beautiful, and they they draw us in. And we're going to have one of those stories in 2 Samuel 9. It's a story that I think makes grace come alive, and it's all done with this guy with a hard-to-say name, Mephibosheth. After Saul's death and the end of his kingship, David is the new king, and as expected, he consolidates his power. Now, in the ancient Near East, a king, a new king, consolidating his power, that is often a bloody process. You know, the old king is out, and the new king is brought in, and oftentimes the new king gets rid of the whole family of the old king so that they can never pose a threat to to him. So the first verse of chapter 9 comes as a surprise. You'd expect David to ask if there's anyone left in Saul's house that he needs to deal with, you know, get rid of. But instead, David asks if there's anyone left in the house of Saul that he could show kindness to for Jonathan's sake. Now, the English word kindness doesn't quite do justice to this story. It might be better to think of it as loving kindness or loyalty or grace. In this story, it means more than just being kind of nice to someone. And it's important to note that in the first verse, we learned that David wants to show kindness to someone in the house of Saul for the sake of Jonathan. Quick reminder that Jonathan was the son of King Saul and David's best friend. 
It's always awkward when your dad, the king, is trying to kill your best friend, but that's the weird world that Jonathan lived in. And all the way back in 1 Samuel 15, David and Jonathan had made a covenant with each other, and David had agreed to show kindness to Jonathan's family when he became king. So now David's king, he's consolidated his power, and he intends to keep that promise that he made. So he says, is there anyone in the house of Saul I can show kindness to? And this is where Mephibosheth enters the story. He's one of Jonathan's sons, and we learn that he can't walk. See, earlier in 2 Samuel, we read that Jonathan and Saul had, when they had died, the nanny who took care of Mephibosheth had accidentally dropped him while trying to get him to a safe place. And that fall led to this disability that left him unable to walk. So we start to get a picture here that David is showing unexpected kindness to someone who can't do anything for him. Now, if you're Mephibosheth and you're a part of the family of the old king that's gone and and the new king summons you to come into the court and see him, you're thinking, this is really bad news. This is not going to go well for me. But David quickly puts Mephibosheth's fears to rest by telling him to not be afraid because David has brought him here not to harm him, but to bless him. And, And the first thing he does is he gives all of Saul's land to Mephibosheth and says then that he will always eat, Mephibosheth will always eat at the king's table. In other words, he's going to treat Mephibosheth as if he's one of his own sons, as if he's adopted into the king's family. And and Mephibosheth asks, what is your servant that you should notice a dead dog like me? Now, we already know the answer to that question, right? David is showing kindness to Mephibosheth because of the promise he made to his friend, Jonathan. Do you see the picture of God's undeserved kindness, of his grace, of his loyalty, of his love? This is a story that highlights the grace that we receive from God. We receive grace because we are accepted in Jesus. We are like Bob Bonner and Jeff Schneider and Mephibosheth. God is kind to us because we are connected to Jesus. This story is a beautiful picture of the gospel. First, we see that God seeks us out. Just like David sought out Mephibosheth to bless him, so God seeks us out. We would have never have found God on our own. To be honest, we weren't even looking for him. The Bible is clear that we only love God because he first loved us. Two, God saves us because he loves us, not because he needs us. King David did not need Mephibosheth. This story makes that clear. Mephibosheth is a man who can't walk. He's not going to be of use to King David. He has no political power. He has no economic power. He is poor. The only reason he has anything is because David has been kind and blessed him with land from his family. Mephibosheth can offer nothing to David. God blesses us, not because we are good, but because he is kind and good and generous. Three, When we believe the good news of God's grace, we are adopted into his family. Mephibosheth was forever seated at the king's table. God loves us like he loves his own son. For God has blessed us in Jesus. 
Mephibosheth became rich, not because of anything he'd done, but because of David's kindness. Reminds me of this story that I heard about an old English preacher named Roland Hill. And and Roland Hill received 100 pounds from a very generous donor in his community, but it wasn't for Roland Hill. It was for Roland Hill to pass on to a poor minister, a guy who was ministering very faithfully in a small church that didn't have many resources. And so this donor gave the money to Roland Hill that he could pass it on to this poor minister. But, but Roland Hill thought 100 pounds, that's too much to give all at one time. And so what he did is he would give the the poor minister five pounds at a time. And each time he gave him five pounds, there would be a note on it that said, more to follow. Five pounds, more to follow. Next week, five pounds, more to follow. Next week, more, more to follow. And the poor preacher that was receiving all this became so encouraged and filled with joy because because he had something to look forward to, that that, that this money was going to keep coming and he needed it so badly. That's a picture of God's grace to us. There's always more to follow. But unlike the story, God never runs out of grace. See, in the story, eventually the 100 pounds was going to be transferred from the donor through Roland Hill to the poor preacher, and it was going to be over. But God's grace is inexhaustible. It never runs out. There is always more to follow. Five, all of this is because of Jesus. David did not bless Mephibosheth because he's a good guy. Not because he could do anything for him. No, he only blessed him because he'd made a promise to Jonathan. All the grace and mercy that comes to us in our life is not because we're good people who are act together and who work hard and who make good choices. No, that's crazy. It's only because God sees us as being in his son, Jesus. All God's favor toward us comes to us because God loves his son and has promised to forgive and restore and bless all those who believe in him. The gospel is the good news that in Jesus, we've been forgiven. In Jesus, we are adopted into God's family. In Jesus, we are loved. In Jesus, we are blessed. God shows his grace to us, not because of who we are, but because of who Jesus is. And the best thing about God's grace is that it is endless and eternal. It never runs out. It's inexhaustible. There's always more to follow. Thanks for listening. If you've enjoyed this content, please subscribe and give us a rating. That helps others find this podcast more easily. Also, ask yourself who you could share this podcast with. Texting an episode to a friend or family member is a great way to help them grow spiritually. If you want to go deeper, check out our show notes for book recommendations.